Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. What kind of prayer does God answer? <laughs> Man, when I started down that, pa- that path this week, I had no idea what I was going to come up with or what, what I was going to find. That's a huge subject. What kind of prayer does God answer? It's an amazing, incredible question. Uh, over the last uh, several months, we've learned that God has given us a, a vehicle of prayer, a model of prayer in, in the Lord's Prayer, or the Disciples' Prayer. He's given us an an avenue into which to pray, how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, a model to live it out. We've come to understand that we have a, a loving and a good Father who loves to hear our prayers, who, who's, who wants to be present, wants to be near, wants to be close. He wants us to pray to Him, continually be present with our Father. We've learned that, uh, that the Almighty God the all-knowing God, the all-wise God, the all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth, somehow he uses our prayers in his rule. It's a paradox. It's a mystery. We've learned that somehow history is different because we pray. That if we aren't praying, then things aren't changing. Because we aren't praying, things aren't happening as they could. Prayer changes things. Prayer matters. Uh, we've, we've learned a lot. We, we, we still are wrestling, I think. It just, just I know I am. What, how, how does God answer prayer? What kind of prayers does God answer? Am I doing it right? So, so we, we've learned a lot. We've got a pattern to pray by now. We, we understand the Father wants us to pray. He's ready to hear our prayers. He uses our prayers. What kind of prayers does God answer? I guess one of the paths I run down this week is just to go all all through all all the list of things that He doesn't answer, all the things that He doesn't respond to, all the ways of praying that don't work. And we talked a lot about that through the last eight weeks, just here and there. Uh, And uh, I won't take the time to go through the scriptures, but right, if if there's sin in our life, that hinders our prayers. If you're taking notes, you can write down Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. It hinders our prayers, sin in our life. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It it hinders our prayers when there's sin in our life. Psalm 66, verse 18. We we looked at that one Sunday. You know, if if there's malice in our heart, if there's sin in our life, that hinders our prayers. Uh, there's so much James says in, in James 4.3, you know, you pray with wrong motives, that'll hinder your prayers. If you, if you pray in unbelief, James chapter 1, that'll hinder your prayers. There, there, there's so much in the scriptures that talk about what, and obviously there's, there's certain prayers that God probably won't answer, or you, you, can God do everything he can, but say, take for instance, there's contradictory prayers. Say 12 Christians apply for one job. And they're all praying for that job. Can God answer their prayer and give them all that same job? (laughs) No. (laughs) Right? And so there's going to be 11 people that receive unanswered prayers, as it it were. There's all kinds of logic and all kinds of things thinking about in prayer. 
that, uh, that, are, that are out there. Um, and, and, and of course, you, you pray for evil to happen. God is not going to answer that either. So, so there's all kinds of things in the scriptures that we come to that says when we pray, we're not going to get answered because of this. We, we saw even two weeks ago, if there's unforgiveness in us, if we're not willing to forgive people, Jesus is going to have a hard time you know, being intimate with us and answering our prayers. There's, there's, there's so much that goes there. But what kind of prayers does God answer? And I'm going to tell you, God, God answers prayers that are prayed in faith. God answers prayers that are prayed in the name of Jesus. And God answers prayers that are prayed in the will of God. And let me unpack that a little bit. Would you please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Gospel of Matthew chapter 21. And uh, it's a deep subject, and I, I, I have time to scratch the surface today. Uh, all the scriptures I looked at this week, these kind of rose to the top. The Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. Uh, look at the dilemma here. Look at the issue that's going on that Jesus speaks about in verse 18. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. <laughs> the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even... If you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Wow. It's a pretty sweeping promise. We have to wrestle with it a little bit. So it's Passion Week. Jesus has come into Jerusalem. Um, He's cleansed the temple by this point. He's gone in there and overturned the tables. Uh, people have been coming to him during the day in the temple. They've been, they've been uh, getting healing from him. They're hearing his teaching. They're, they are coming to him, and, and they're, they're even praising God for him, for the Messiah. Uh, and so the experience in the temple that day was one of almost a replacement. <laughs> Instead of coming to the temple, people were coming to Jesus, the new temple. The new presence of God, as it were. And so that kind of sets the table for, for this. He, he, they leave. They go back to the place they were staying on the Mount of Olives. Uh, they left the city. And, and that, that poor fig tree, right? He's like, oh, that poor fig tree got, got cursed. It, it was When it has leaves like that, it's supposed to have fruit. Okay, and the fig tree, I, I, I don't have, uh, you know, we, we could spend a whole sermon on this. The fig tree is supposed to have food. It's representing Israel during this time. The fig tree is a symbol of Israel, and Israel is supposed to be bearing fruit. Israel is supposed to be righteous for God and, and doing works for, the, for Yahweh. And so it's a symbol of Israel, and so it's a, when he curses the fig tree, it's a symbol of Israel's coming doom. 70 AD, from 66 to 70 AD, uh, the Romans came and, and sieged Jerusalem and destroyed it. There are several prophecies about that. So it's a symbolism, but, but then Jesus turns it and says, hey, let me give you a lesson on faith. 
Okay, so, so his, big, his big teaching there is the symbolism, what's going to happen to Jerusalem. But, but he turns it, and in the way Matthew tells the story, he condenses it quite a bit. He's saying, have faith and do not doubt. He, he has this incredible saying, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. This verse has been misused so many times through history. This verse has been misused and, and abused in so many ways, even in our day. You could go to a church today, maybe you call it a prosperity church, a health and wealth church, or what have you, and, and, and you might even hear somebody say, if you have faith, you don't have to be sick anymore. If you have faith, you'll have no more financial problems. You have no more troubles in your life because Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, you shall have. In faith, you can raise the dead. If only you had faith. Say the prosperity gospel preachers. And I think it's abuse. It's a misapplication of the text. Because what's being said in that, that context, what's being said when people use this verse and other verses like it, only if you had enough faith. Oh, Jerron, only if you would well up enough faith. Only if you would, you would build yourself up and, and make yourself believe you could have anything you want. So when you fail to achieve health, when you fail to not be rich or not have your dream job or get that Ferrari, it's your fault, according to the prosperity teacher. It's not what Jesus is talking about. It's in the context of relationship with God. This, this saying is a context, in the context of Jesus preparing his disciples to lead the church. It's in the context of Passion Week. He's going to his cross. What Jesus is leaving unspoken for us here, what, what Jesus is saying here, is something that was obvious to his disciples. He's not saying, come up with whatever idea you want to have. Come up with whatever dream you want to have, and, and if you believe enough, you can get it. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you have faith in God, and you know what God's will is, you can pray for that to happen, and it will happen. Uh, just an example. Uh, I really like that new Ford Bronco. I, I would like to have that. And so in certain, in certain settings, people or certain, certain theologies might say, well, Jerron, if you want to have it, name it. Claim it. I've been trying. No, I haven't been trying. <laughs> if I have, but the idea is, in the, the wrong theology is, if, man, if I just want it bad enough and I, and I have the belief if you believe hard enough. And so, man, you might go home and, mm, I want to believe. Oh, I want to believe. You might have a, a, a pull a muscle or something. Oh. Jesus is talking about faith in God. The object of our faith is God, not what we make up. Okay, and there's, there's an expectation in these kind of sayings. There's an expectation in these kind of teachings that God has already revealed 
something that he wants to accomplish. And in the context, I, I think Jesus, Jesus is basically saying, hey, that fig tree, God wanted me to do that as a symbolic act. And, and, you know, they're on the Mount of Olives, and so he uses hyperbole. They're standing on the Mount of Olives, and from the Mount of Olives you can see the Dead Sea. And he says, you know, if God wanted me to, say, move this mountain, I, I, I could pray for it, and, and I could throw it into the heart of the sea. But you know what? Your, your, your wants or your desires, I can't move a mountain by myself out of my belief or my power. I can't do that. I can't make a fig tree wither. The only reason the fig tree withered is God wanted it to wither. The only way a mountain's going to move is if God moves that mountain. So our trust is in God. Have faith in the prayers that God answers are prayers of faith in God. And there's a relationship context here. The disciples have been walking with Jesus for some three years now. They know his heart. They know God's, God's heart because God has given his heart to Jesus. God's given his teachings to Jesus. They know what the Father wants. And so there's some... And, and let, let me clarify just a little bit more about misguided prayer. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And this is, again, another familiar parable to us. <clears throat> so the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus went up on the mountain. They come down the mountain... And when they came to the crowd, verse 14, a man came up to him and, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he seizures and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples. They could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. So he's, he's saying the problem is unbelief, a lack of faith. And Jesus rebuked the demon and came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have a faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And another incredible saying but again, in the context of relationship, in the context of faith in God. See, the disciples, uh, if, you, if you go back farther into Matthew, Jesus had already sent them out. Remember, two by two, uh, they, they went out and he gave them power to teach, power to preach, power to, to, to cast out demons, and they did. They did incredible things, but it seems like when they get to this position, their faith is no longer in God. Maybe their faith now is in themselves. Now, why couldn't we do it? We tried. And Jesus basically, you know, gets after him and says, you have no faith. It says in the ESV, little faith, you know, but it's, it, that, that, the, the context is, if you had the faith in God as small as a mustard seed, and a mustard seed is the, you know, back in the day, it was thought to be the smallest seed there was in, in the Hebrew context in, in Israel back then. And so if you had that small, that, that faith in God, not in yourself, not in something you well up. Not in something you make up. Not in my power. I believe it's going to happen. I'm going to get that Ford Bronco. And, and I, I think the teaching here is, is that it's not my faith, my desires, my wants. It's not something I make happen. This isn't, this isn't a grab a hold of that promise and use it for my own ends. It's in a relationship of the gospel going forth. It's a relationship of mission. It's a relationship with God Almighty. Trusting in Him. 
they could not cast out the demon because they did not have faith in God, and Jesus is rebuking them. This, this one only comes out by prayer. Prayer for God to move. And let, let me, let me, let's unpack this a little bit more. So, but I, I want to say the prayers that God answers, you know, sovereign God can do whatever he wants. He, he, he chooses, you know, praise God for an infinitely wise God. Uh, praise God that, that he, knows, he knows the big picture. And that sometimes we, we agree with Garth Brooks, thanks, thank God for unanswered prayers. Right? Like, God in his wisdom, he doesn't have to answer our prayers. He doesn't have to do anything that we make him do. He, that we, we aren't, you know, yanking his chain and forcing him to do anything. In his infinite nature, and in his all-wise understanding of things, he's going to say no to prayers sometimes because they're foolish prayers. Praise God he hasn't answered some of my prayers because I can't see the big picture like him. So, so, you know, there's so many reasons why he doesn't answer prayer, but here it's because of unbelief. In God and His power, they, I think, are relying upon themselves. But let, let's let's run down this path a little bit more. Let's unpack it a little bit more. Turn over to the Gospel of John. Turn over to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 12. Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 12. Another incredible saying of Jesus about the effectiveness of prayer. Truly, truly, I say to you, you know, that double truly there, it means, hey, I'm serious. <laughs> Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So uh, Jesus, in, in chapters 14 through 16, uh, chapter 13 through 17, I, I guess basically, Jesus is announcing, uh, hey, I'm, I'm leaving you guys. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm departing. I'm going to back to be with the Father. And, and, and so he, he says something you know, radical here that, you know, when I leave, when I go to the Father, you guys are going to do greater works than I've been, I've been doing. And what? He, he raises the dead? Right? He walks on water? What's he talking about? Well, it, it's not that we're necessarily, you know, the, way, the way this is phrased, again, can be turned and framed different ways. It's not that we're going to necessarily do greater works than Jesus. What it means is, because he's preparing them for, he's leaving, he's saying the Spirit's going to come, he's preparing them for the day of Pentecost, he's preparing them for the church being on mission. We're on mission now, church. We've been sent. He's preparing them for mission. He's saying, when my spirit comes and you start preaching the gospel, you're going to see conversions. You're going to see people coming to Christ. You're going to see people change their life changed by the power of the spirit, by the gospel as it's preached. People are going to be changed. And so during Jesus' public ministry, how many people came to Christ? Not very many. How many people were saved? Not very many. Very small numbers, actually. He's saying in the church age, when the Spirit comes, boom, you're going to see incredible things. And then we see in the book of Acts, right? 3,000 came to Christ. All, all kinds of wonderful things. That's what he means by greater works, because the power of the Spirit is moving through the church. Oh, Lord, come upon Living Water Bible Fellowship. Let's live by and in your power, Lord, as we go on mission. 
So he, he starts there, and then, then he says, hey, I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. And so, and so I, I want to suggest to you that, that the prayers that God answers are those that are prayed by faith in God, and the prayers that God answers are those who are prayed, they're ones that are prayed in the name of Jesus. Now let's, let's run down that path a little bit. What does that mean? If you listen to some people's prayers sometimes, uh, they always end with in Jesus' name, which is fine. Uh, we, we all know when the, when the prayer is done when somebody says, in Jesus' name, right? But when Jesus taught us to pray in his name, he didn't mean it just to be the ending of a prayer. He, he didn't mean it as a, as a, a mark of authenticity in Jesus' name, <laughs> like a seal or a stamp or something like that. Some people are, are almost superstitious about it. Like, you could pray the best prayer ever. You could pray the most God-glorifying prayer. You know, you, you could be praying with, like, on the level of the apostles or Jesus himself. But if you didn't pray in Jesus' name, it doesn't count. That's what some people think. That's not the case. You don't have to add in Jesus' name on the end of the prayer to make it count. It's, it's not like, a, not like a, a validation code or a a coupon code or something. It's not like a password or something that you add on to the end of a prayer. It doesn't have to be that. You can say all kinds of things at the end of the prayer. But it does mean something different. It, it means something d deeper than that. And actually, there, there's, I guess there's three, at least three different ways that I found this week that talked about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. The first one, when you pray in Jesus' name, what you're saying, I come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. It means I, I come to you in the, in the name of the mediator. <laughs> I come to you in the merit of Jesus. Father, I pray this prayer under, under the merit, under the, the, the accomplishment of Jesus. The only way I can approach the throne of grace is through the merit of Jesus Christ. Only through his accomplishment. He's made the way. So that's one way to think about it in the name of Jesus. The second way to think about praying in the name of Jesus is by his authority. Remember in Acts when, when Peter and John healed that guy and the, the Sanhedrin says, by what name did, did you do this? You know, they're asking, by what authority did you accomplish this? And, and Peter says, in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. Okay? So sometimes, like later today in the second service, we're going to have some baptisms. We're going to say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we bring you into the church by his authority, by his power. Okay? And so at times we, we pray, like, like several of us elders have gone to different houses and prayed over people that are sick, or, or some people thought there is some, some, some spiritual activity. We say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. So it's not our authority that we're praying in. It's the name, the Jesus' authority, his power we pray in. So that's the second way. But in this context, when Jesus, when he says, uh, uh, because I'm going to the Father, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Um, what, what, do you, what, do you think, what do you think he's talking about that there? Uh, the name in, in the, the Jewish world, the, the name in the Hebrew world, it was associated with the character of the person. Someone's name stood for them. It, it, you know, it stood for who they were. So when we say, hallowed be your name, Lord, right? We, we talked about that. Hallowed be your name, we're saying... Lord, let the world see how awesome you are. Let the world see how holy you are. The name represents you. So right now, 
People are dragging your name through the mud. Right now they're, they're cursing your name. Right now they're misusing your name. May it not be. May they hallow your name. Set your name apart. In other words, we're praying, God, glorify yourself. God, honor yourself. Make the people of the world see you as you are. And we say, hallowed be your name. And so the name is, it represents Jesus. Uh, when we pray in his name, we're praying in accord with who he is. We're praying in, in line with his character, with, with his identity, with his reality. When an ambassador of the United States is sent overseas to Ireland or, or Turkey or somewhere like that, he represents the president. He represents the administration. He goes there in the authority of the president, but he uses the words that the president would use, hopefully. He says the things that the administration would want to say, a representative. He goes in the name of the president, the ambassador. We are God's representatives. We are God's witnesses. We are Jesus' sent ones. And so we go in the name of Jesus. We go in the merit of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus. But we represent his name in our prayers. In, in other words, we wouldn't pray anything that Jesus wouldn't pray. When I pray in the name of Jesus, I'm representing his character, his values, his heart, his desires. I, I, if, if Jesus couldn't sign on the dotted line the things that I've said, then I'm not praying in his name. He's saying very similar things to Matthew 18. He's saying, if you pray in accordance with the things I've taught you, if you pray in accordance with my teachings, if you pray with, with my heart and my desires and my will, I'm going to answer, the, the Father's going to answer, pray in my name. Some people look at prayer, you know, they, they, they see, they, they see these, these, these phrases and they pull them out of context. They pull them out of relationship. Again, Jesus is in relationship with these men and women that are following him. He's in a relationship with them. And they've come to know him. They've drawn near to him. They know his heart. And so he doesn't have to spell it out for them. But he has to spell, you know, preachers like me have to spell it out because we get confused about what he's saying. Ask in my name and I'll do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And, and so some people look at that, you know, how do they describe uh, the, these kind of requests? They say, well, that's kind of like a blank check, isn't it? Give me that Ford Bronco. And that's not in his name. I mean, it could be. God might want to give me a Ford Bronco. That would be awesome. Dark cherry, please. <laughs> right? But, you know, I don't, he hasn't told me that's his will. You know, Jesus, I don't think Jesus... It's like his desire is just to give me this certain vehicle. I mean, he could, and he's, a, he's such a loving and good God. You're so awesome. But, uh, you know, um, but, but his will, his desire, he's thinking about gospel things. He's thinking about salvation things. He's thinking about mission things. In, in, in the context of, man, now that, I, you could sum it up like this, now that you disciples know what makes me tick. Now that you disciples know my heart and know my desire, pray in my name. 
Ask the Father for the things that the Father wants. Ask the Father for the things that He's already revealed. Ask Him for salvations. Ask Him for deliverance for people. Ask Him for people's healing. Ask Him for the things that He's already revealed in His Word. That's praying in my name. That's praying in my heart. That's praying my, my vision, my dream. So, so you know, like, it's, it's prayer isn't like this, you know, the story of, of Aladdin, the lamp. You know, the, the, the stories go that, that uh, you know, the lamp is, contains a genie. If you're the owner, you can rub the lamp, and a genie will come out and say, hey, what's your wish? That's not what we're talking about here. You don't get to say whatever I want and, and, and God has to give it to you. You're not controlling God. You're not yanking his tail. You, you, you don't have him on a leash. He's, he's, he's saying, Jesus is saying, man, my name, pray in my name. And, and if you just, I, there's so much, uh, I, I could have spent the whole day in John 14 through 16. And there's just so much. If you just look over to, to chapter 15, verse 7. I think this will unpack it even a little bit more. You know, he's talking about abiding and, and, the, and bearing fruit. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And so it's a very beautiful picture of learning Jesus' commandments, learning Jesus' heart. You're in relationship with him. And, and really, the, the longer that you, are, the, that you walk with Jesus, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you know his heart. The more you spend in the scriptures, the more you're, you're spending for our, in our context, in our time, the more that we're, we're intimate with God and we're, we're trying to get to know Him, we're learning His Word, the more easily it, is, it will be for us to pray according to His will. If you're never drawing near to God, if you're never studying His words, if you're never walking with Him in intimacy, you won't know how to pray because you don't know His will. He's revealed uh, to us His heart in the scriptures. We know what makes him tick. We know what he gets passionate about and what he's desiring. We know his mission. He says, man, you pray along those lines. You pray along those lines. You're abiding in me. You're learning my word. You're learning my truth. By this, verse 8, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So he's talking converts there. He's talking transformations there. He's talking all kinds of things. There, Let, Let's go just uh, a little bit farther, a little bit deeper. Let's make it clearer and clearer and clearer. 1 John, 1 John, please, chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John, chapter 5, verse 14. We, we uh, Prayers that God answers are prayers of faith in God. Prayers that God answers are prayers in the name of Jesus. And prayers that God answers are according to the will of God. Verse 14, chapter 5, 1 John. This is the confidence that we have towards Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. <laughs> and again, that anything or whatever. Wow, what an incredible sweeping promise. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. Praise God. So you'll notice as you go through the scriptures and you, uh, there's, there's so many of these, these big, lavish promises 
that, that Jesus makes and the apostles make in different places, they're all, they're all kind of qualified in certain ways. They all come with certain conditions. They're not what the prosperity preachers make them out to be. They're not like, whatever you want, yeah, name it, claim it, grab it, just have faith. And if you don't have enough faith, you're a loser, and man, that's a bummer. You'll never get your Ford Bronco, Jerome, because you, don't, you can't well up that enough faith, and you can't believe enough. Man, one day you'll grow up and be a really godly man. We'll know it when you get your Ford Bronco. It's, it's, it's like, it's not, that's not how it is. He, he, he's, he's saying very clearly here, this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will... God hasn't told me that he wants me to have a Bronco. As far as I know, that's not his will. Man, if God comes in a dream tonight and said, yeah, baby, you're getting a Bronco, I'm going to believe it. Uh, so the, the, the opposite of this is, can we pray for something that's out of God's will and get answers? For instance, and, and you know, this is delusional, but uh, God, I've been married a long time, and you know, I'm your child, and you love me, and you know what I want. I, I've been married, I've been faithful, but I, I would really like to have a lover on the side. In Jesus' name. That's outside of the will of God. That is an evil request. God is not going to answer that. And yet people pray all the time for things that God has already said no to. Oh God, you, you saw how Bob ripped me off last year in business? You saw how he abused me? Man, God, I pray for vengeance upon Bob that I can bring your wrath upon him. That I can let my hatred out on him and hurt him like he hurt me. In Jesus' name. Does that work? No. That is outside of the will of God. He's told us not to seek vengeance. The vengeance is the Lord's. Not to hate. He says, love your enemies. Serve your enemies. Etc., etc. Man, there's so many ways sometimes that we, we, we forget already. You know, God, is, God has given us this, this will. He's, he's, he's revealed so much. He wants us to operate within the things He's already said. He says, love your brothers, love your sisters. And so uh, a prayer that he would answer would be, Lord, I, I'm not feeling particularly loving towards Bob today after what he did to me last year, but I ask for your grace, your power, in Jesus' name to love him. That's an answer to prayer. That, that, that'll come into your life if you pray that because that's the heart of Jesus, right? There, there's, so, there's so many things that he's already said to do that if we, if we just agreed with him and, you know, he sees us as being in a partnership with him. And the longer we come into relationship with our Jesus, the longer we walk with him, we kind of know what he wants. We, and the, the, how do you know the will of God, maybe, is a question that, that you're wrestling with. Okay, so God has given us the scriptures. So many places in scriptures, he's told us exactly what he wants us to do. So many promises he's made in scriptures. There, there's so many parables that unpack what it looks like to obey his, 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 his teachings. The Proverbs, you go through the Proverbs, you'll see how he wants you to live in very practical ways. The, the, the 
some literature throughout the scriptures. He tells us again, but, but what if there isn't something there? Uh, so, so what I'm saying, you learn the will of God by hearing the will of God and applying it to your life. And you pray out the will of God, and he answers those kinds of prayers in his time. Right? It doesn't maybe happen right away. Maybe we pray for something that we know he's commanded, that he, we know he's promised, but it might be 10 years till he answers that prayer. He's the boss. I'm not. He's the one who makes things happen. I don't. I can't make it happen. And so, so what if you don't know what the will of God is? And so that's where we, we come and we, we come in prayer with great humility. Um, <clears throat> God, I, I, uh, I, I can't search the scriptures. I've talked to past my, my pastor. I've talked to other, you know, an elder in the church. I've talked to one of my deacons. And we can't really narrow it down what your will is here. And, and so, Lord, I come very humbly. And here's the reasons I think that I need to be praying this way. And I'm going to make this request, Lord, very humbly before you. And, Lord... Uh, Lord, you say you're going to meet our needs, and really my vehicle right now is, is breaking down. And uh, Lord, I, I would like a Ford Bronco, but uh, can I have a Yugo? I, I don't know what your will is. Can I have a little Fiesta? Uh, Lord, uh, it's your will be done. You know, Jesus, uh, three times, you know, in the garden, he prayed the same prayer. We can pray rep rep repetitiously if it's from the heart. And, and, and Jesus said, you know, I'd rather, I, Lord, I'd really rather you, you not let me drink this cup of your wrath. But not what I will, but what you will. Let it be. And so if you don't know the, the will of God, if you don't, you know, you, maybe you got an idea. And you, you pray humbly and you say, Here's what I'm asking for, Will, Lord, but, but your will be done because you know much better than I do. And so, brothers and sisters, the Father in heaven, he wants us to be present with him. Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer with that idea of drawing near to him. Like He's asking us to pray these prayers because he knows the Father wants to answer He's given us a model how to pray. And, and, and the Almighty, in His grace, he, he wants to answer prayer. And, and He somehow incorporates our prayers into His rule and reign. He somehow incorporates our prayers into the running of His kingdom. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's wonderful. He wants us to pray by faith in Him. He's the power. He's the authority. We, we trust in Him. And, and, and He wants us to pray in, in Jesus' name, in alignment with, with Jesus' desires and character and will. He wants us to pray by His will. And man, you, you pray along those lines, prayers get answered. Because you, you've come into relationship with God and you know what His heart is and His desires and start, start praying in, in, in conformity with who He is and start praying in, in the knowledge of His desires and His wants. Man, He loves to, to, to answer prayer. and He loves to use us in those things that He accomplishes. May we be a church constantly praying for the things that God desires. Would you stand in the Lord's presence? We're going to try to sing the doxology without words and without music. <clears throat>
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go in the peace and the power of your great God. Go in the mission of Jesus Christ. Go in prayer and service and love. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.